I'm so excited to talk to you guys about today's sponsor, Pros. Pros is the custom beauty brand that is all over your feed. I had been wanting to try them for so long. And when I tell you guys that I put on my Instagram story that they were going to be sponsoring the podcast, I got so many genuine organic responses from my following of people being like, oh my God, I love Pros. I've been using it for years. So don't even just take it from me, but take it from the genuine people that reached out agreeing with me about how much they love Pros. And when Pros says custom, they actually mean it. Each and every bottle of Pros custom hair and skincare is made to order and personalized with a unique blend of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. One of the coolest parts of the questionnaire that I thought was they literally asked me about my location and my zip code so that they could understand how hard the water is here, what the UV index is like, if it's cold, if it's dry, and all of that goes into these truly personalized products. Pros even did a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised controlled clinical study, aka the gold standard in research studies, and Pros proved that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. So try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering the Artie Friends listeners an exclusive trial offer so that you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros, P-R-O-S-E dot com slash Artie Friends. That's pros.com slash Artie Friends for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. Pros.com slash Artie Friends. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Artie Friends Podcast. This is Kara. And this is Allison. Today, we have an amazing guest on, Lindsay Wedgworth. Guys, we just got off the phone with her. She was amazing. Can't wait to have you guys listen to this episode. We talked about all the things from body neutrality to her life after high school and working on a cruise ship, moving to LA, mental health, her journey with getting out of her comfort zone, and just so many good things. And I don't know about you, Allison. I felt like we were all vibing. Like I feel like we would all be really good friends if we all lived in Florida or somewhere together. Yeah, she was so sweet. She's a fellow Libra with me. So I felt like I really resonated with her. And she just has a lot of really great values that we also try to instill on this podcast, like being mindful about what you're buying and being an intentional creator and just like trying to be a good friend and a good person. So I think you guys will find a lot of value through this good conversation. But first, we want to catch up a little bit. We'll do it quickly because it's kind of a longer episode. 
Kara, did you have anything fun this last week that you want to share? Yes. I had the craziest thing happen, which by the time this episode will come out, I feel like will already have happened. But I posted a TikTok a few days ago, just manifesting the craziest thing. So I saw this TikTok about being delusional and how, you know, life is short, act delusional. What do you have to lose? So if you think the guy next to you is cute and he's just like breathing in your direction, act like he's in love with you, act like he's obsessed with you, be confident, go up and talk to him. I don't know, just like about being like overly confident and just, I don't know, creating the reality that is kind of delusional and like that you want. And so I saw that and I was like, dang, this is inspiring because I feel like I am just not being delusional at all. I feel like I'm just playing life safe right now, which isn't a bad thing, but I, I don't know. I just, it really inspired me because I feel like I used to be really delusional and that's kind of how I got the life I have now, but I've just kind of backed off. I don't know why. So I'm like, okay, what is delusional for me? And I was sitting in my car and I'm like, I really want to go to Revolve Festival, which is, I don't know if you guys know, it's this festival at Coachella, the same time as Coachella, where literally all the cool celebrities go, all the biggest influencers, like the biggest people get invited. And of course, I had not gotten invited because I'm, you know, not the biggest person ever. But I was just like, you know what? I'm going to manifest right now and invite to Revolve Festival because why the heck not? I'm going to be delusional. So I posted this video and I just asked people to tag Revolve. And if you tagged Revolve in that video, thank you so much. Like the video really didn't get that many views, but I had so many comments. And the next day, two days later, I had an email from Revolve. Shut the fuck inviting up. Inviting no me to way. Revolve Festival. Yes. Oh my God, it worked. It freaking worked. Oh my worked. God. So congrats. Thank you. I'm like... When I was sitting there, I'm like, okay, what is the worst comes to worst? Like they see it and just comment because they commented some hearts on it. And I'm like, this is this is funny. Like they just commented. They didn't, you know, they didn't invite me at that point. I'm like, whatever. Worst comes to worst. I don't even feel like I looked dumb. Like everyone wants to go. Worst comes to worst. They see it, like it, and say nothing. But then, you know, it came true. They invited me. I got a plus one. I was already going to weekend two of Coachella. So Revolve Festival's weekend one. It cost me $20 to change my flight to be a week earlier. So I'm just getting out there a week earlier. And then in between, I'm staying with my friend Hannah, um, which is very generous of her. So I'm just staying at her house in LA. So it's like not costing me really any more to go. And I don't know. It was just the coolest thing ever. I like screamed when I saw the email. And yeah, that's just my little spiel for you guys today is just be freaking delusional. If you don't ask, you won't receive. And yeah, I definitely don't feel like I was worthy of an invite. But I just said, you know what? I'm just going to put it out there. And it happened. Yeah, you shot your shot. Oh my God, I'm so happy for you. I'm literally beaming. That's just so fun. (laughs) And you're right. Being delusional is just awesome. It's just fun to imagine like, what if? And then you're like, well, maybe what what if, what if? This could happen. Like, I'm not going to. And I... I said this class and I was like, but what if I just like went to Istanbul next week? Like, why not? Right. I don't have anything going on. So you start to wonder and you're like, well, maybe I should look at flights. And if you're like, maybe I should make the TikTok. Like, why not? You know, what, like, what's the worst that's going to happen? You make that TikTok, maybe not that many people see it. Who cares? Or you private it later. Like, what, what do you really have to lose? Yes. And the idea for the TikTok, I swear, came to me at a minute. Five minutes later, I filmed it. 10 minutes later, I posted it. So I feel like it's one of those things where you've talked about on a previous episode. I think recently, maybe an episode or two ago where you're like, there was an idea in the air. It shot down to you and you have to do it and run with it because if not, someone else is going to do it. And I genuinely feel like if I didn't just trust that instinct, like even if my makeup and my hair like didn't look great, like if I didn't just trust that instinct, film it and post it then, I would have saw, I swear, I feel like I would have saw someone else do it and I feel like they would have got the invite. I just like have this weird feeling in my body that like I took that opportunity because I know that someone else would have done it if I had not done it. 
and they would have gotten invited. A thousand percent. Yes, that's the concept from Big Magic. She basically says that ideas are like their own thing and they're floating around in the universe and they want a home. Like they need a person to bring that idea to life. So they're going around and they're knocking on all these doors like, hey, I'm this idea. This could be really cool. Do you want to use me? And then people, you know, we all think of ideas. Like how many times before have you saw something or you invented something or you had this concept and then you see it and you're like, damn it, I could have wrote that book. I could have opened that restaurant. I could have done that thing, but someone else beat you to it. And it's because the idea was like, dude, I'm trying to get this thing going. Mm -hmm. So whether you believe in that or not, it's just kind of a fun thing to keep in the back of your mind that if that idea does come knocking on your door, you could act on it. Yeah. And And you have to, or else someone else is going to get it. That's why you always see things two years down the road or even a few months down the road. You're like, I thought of that. Because maybe maybe it's true though. Maybe that wasn't your the idea for you. Like maybe you didn't think about it. Maybe that wasn't something that you should have pursued. But what if it was? And you're like, dang it, I should have done that. Then you don't have to say shoulda, coulda, woulda. Exactly. I, I done did it. Yeah. So I'm excited. Amazing. So my peak is that Link and Lou, they're this um, permanent jewelry company. It's like 14K gold. They started in Kansas City and now they're in 28 cities around the country. So no matter where you're listening, maybe there's one in a city near you, but you basically go and they weld jewelry onto you, whether it's a bracelet, an anklet, a ring, a necklace. And so they're growing pretty quick and they reached out to do an event at New Wave. And it was very fun. And being the host, I like got mine for free, which was awesome because they are like pretty expensive. And, but here's my little pushback. You're only supposed to get one for free. And I was like, you know, I don't usually just do like gifted collab things on Instagram. Like I really do charge for them. But since you all are a smaller company, like I'll be willing to meet you in the middle. Like if you gave me a little bit more for it. So I got what I asked for. Kind of not, not, nothing on the level of getting asked to revolve, but like it's, you have to ask. Yes. If you don't ask, the answer is always no. And I made a caption about that the other day. Like if you don't ask, the answer is always no. If you don't try it, you're never going to know. That's kind of my little peak of the week spiel. That so, what did you get? Did you get two? I got three. Oh my I did gosh! A, a thicker link in yellow gold, and then a medium thickness one in yellow gold, and then a teeny one in white gold. Because I, I just love things in threes. Mm-hmm. I just feel like I don't know. It's balanced, but two felt weird to me. Yeah. So yeah, I'm very happy with it, and it goes with my rings really well because I have the mixed metals, mm-hmm. and it's kind of controversial. People are like, I can never mix metals, but I just love mixing white and yellow gold. I think it's very pretty. Oh, I love it. That's amazing. Well, yay. Well, I guess that was probably that was your peak, peak of the week, week too. Yes. <laughs> no, nothing better happened than that. That was definitely the coolest thing that's happened to me this week for sure. Okay. Amazing. Well, I can't wait to hear all about it. First, we'll read your guys's peak really quick. Mm-hmm. Okay. Grace said she passed her insurance licensing exam. Congratulations. Ashlyn said, just paid my final program fee for an internship in Cape Town, South Africa this summer. Amazing. Have the absolute best time. And Caroline said, audition to be a spin instructor with no teaching experience and I got picked. Heck yeah. She just went for it and she got it. It's the theme of the day. That's amazing. And then China said, my peak of the week was the manifestation power hour, which... Guys, that was so fun. If you don't know, we had an event on our Patreon page for April 4th at 4 p.m., which was 444. Did a manifestation power hour, did an activity together. We all manifested, got in the mindset of manifestation and achieving those goals. And it was so much fun. It was so fun. And I feel like this was a disclosure we made in the Patreon live chat, but I want to say it here too, because we do talk about like manifestation and the universe and spirituality a lot. And we just do that because that's like what works 
works for us. But whether you, what religion you believe in, or if you don't believe in religion, or you're into spirituality or not, whatever works for you, we just, the words don't matter that much. Like with manifestation, you could call it making a goal or setting a goal and making it happen, aligned action, wishful thinking, like whatever works for you, maybe it's God answering your prayers. Like the point is that you're just trying to be your best self, whatever vehicle and mechanism gets you there. So I hope we never offend you guys if we're like trying to be little like manifestation girlies here. It's not that deep. We're just doing what works for us and whatever works for you, totally fine. Yeah. And that was something that I even joked about on the Patreon. Like my friend joked, because I was talking about manifestation once and she was like, Kara, people have been manifesting for years. It's called prayer. And I'm like, you're so right. Like it's anything like that. Like it's just getting your mindset to trust the world, trust God, trust the universe like trust whoever because it works and we're just trying to raise those vibrations like make your dreams your reality so again that event was amazing if you are interested in doing future events like that with us we will have them in our patreon which is patreon.com slash already friends five dollars a month you get a bonus episode each month and these random fun events that we do via zoom so yeah that's that's our little spiel if you want to join we would greatly appreciate it if not no worries. And stay tuned on the Instagram. We'll post on our Instagram when those events are coming. If you just want to join the Patreon when those events come and do a fun little workshop with us like that, that's totally fine too. Yeah. No hard feelings. We don't expect like if you subscribe that you have to stay for life. Like we get it. You have expenses. Like we're happy even if you come $5 one month. Yeah. We're happy. So please don't feel like we will hold it against you if you join the Patreon and leave. We don't even notice. We don't look at it like that. No. So... Again, it just helps us support the podcast. It funds our studio time, our editors. It really helps us. So whenever you do join, if you ever join, thank you, thank you, thank you. You're directly helping the show stay alive, stay afloat. Awesome. And with that, I think we'd like to roll into today's guest, Lindsay. Kara actually connected with her first over TikTok, right? Yes. Cool. So I'll let you introduce her and why you thought she would be a great fit for the podcast since... This was all you're doing. Yeah. So Lindsay Wedgworth is a full-time content creator. Guys, Lindsay's the real deal. She is a ray of sunshine, just a positive, radiant person. And I feel like her values truly align with our podcast, our values, our community's values. So even when we first started the podcast, I was thinking in the back of my mind, like, Lindsay would be a great guest to have on. She, again, she has full-time content creation. She has a TikTok page with over 195,000 followers where she posts about everything about her life, travel, body confidence, which again, we will get into. But she lives in St. Petersburg, Florida. You'll hear in the background some thunderstorms, which is very different from our realities. I think it's snowing where Allison lives in April. And it's just a bit chilly here in St. Louis. So... We love a beach bestie. That's amazing. But she has her own podcast called Curves and Chaos, which she'll also talk about. But I don't know. It's just so fun to talk to someone, again, who has the same values, loves to put themselves out there, live life to the fullest, and just have fun and be positive. So this conversation was so great. And yeah, let's get into it. Again, here is Lindsay Wedgworth. Hi, how are you? Hi, Lindsay. So nice to meet you. We're so, so excited. excited to have you on. You've been one of the guests that we wanted to have on for a while now. And I'm glad our schedules finally lined up. So I know. It's perfect. I've been wanting to come on. This is my first ever podcast that I've been on that's not my own, if that makes sense. So it's my first time, I guess, like guesting. <laughs> so Yay. I'm excited. No, it's awesome that you have your own podcast too, which we'll get into because it's fun having a guest who, you know, is a seasoned podcaster. Mm-hmm. I think it'll help a lot. Yeah. Yay. 
Well, I think just to start out, you should give us your background, where you grew up, where you're from, and even where you started after high school. Give us your whole spiel. The whole spiel. So uh, I am actually born in Louisiana, which I always like throws people off because as you can probably tell from my voice already, not a Southern belle. Like I don't have an accent or anything <laughs> anymore. But I did grow up in Louisiana before I moved to Florida, the Sunshine State. Grew up there, middle school, high school, lived right by the beach. Like it was a great, great childhood. I grew up dancing since I was two. My mom put me in dance. So that was like my thing. My literal entire life was just being in the studio, competitive dancer. That really like shaped me, I would say, as a person, which made me, once I graduated high school, I actually didn't do the college route. I got offered a job for Royal Caribbean, um, the cruise lines, as a dancer. So right when I like turned 18 and graduated, I hopped on a cruise ship and did that for about seven months and traveled and danced and saved up my money so I could move out to LA, where I lived for three years and did the whole dance thing, struggling artist, starving artist, waitress, like did that whole that whole shebang. And then COVID happened and I'm now back in the Sunshine State, back in Florida. But dance kind of like got a bit messed up during COVID. Obviously, everything shut down. The entertainment industry got hit really hard. There was no concerts or anything really for dancers to do. So I started doing TikTok just for fun, literally as a joke, and accidentally went viral after a, a, a first date gone bad. I got ghosted. So I made a video about it, embarrassed myself in front of millions of people, but it somehow turned into my full-time job. So now I do TikTok and Instagram and my own podcast, and that's just my full-time thing. So dancer turned social media <laughs> queen is what I guess you could say I am. <laughs> Oh my God. Okay, that was so helpful because last night when I was watching your TikToks, I was like, this girl is a performer. Like, how does she get herself to, you know, you're so involved with the camera and like it's as if your audience is right there and you are just so confident in the way that you speak on camera. And this makes so much sense. Do you feel like your dance background had a lot to do with that? Like getting over your fear of stage fright, I guess? 100%. I think like when I say dance shaped me, it did everything for me in that sense. I'm also an only child. And I think a lot of people sometimes will think that maybe only children are very shy, maybe awkward, reserved. But because I was put in dance, I was always around, you know, other girls and friends and obviously had to get over the fear of being on stage. And it made me just like the most confident person. Like I feel the, my most confident self when I'm performing and on stage and like making someone else smile. It used to be with dance and now I can do it in a whole other way, which is through social media and affect even more people. So I think, yeah, it really does like stem from dance. I think it's the best. That's incredible. I want to go back to life on the cruise ship. You have to give us all the details because that's actually where I first even saw you on TikTok was one of your TikToks explaining life on a cruise ship, which I feel like is so interesting because you don't hear a lot about that at all. Like I feel like you're one of the first creators or people I've ever seen post about that life. So was it just like the sweet life on deck? Like give us give us the background. It, I know it is such a like a taboo thing, which is why it's fun to share about it on TikTok. So many people were intrigued and I didn't even really think that it would, you know, so many people would be interested in, but it is such a weird life. Is it like sweet life on deck? Kind of, not really. I like to say it's more like 
high school, like on steroids. Like you're, you have a bunch of people. You have to see them every single day, like for at least six months. Like you're living with these people. You're working with these people. You're maybe dating and getting, you know, doing whatever with these people. So (laughs) any drama you have, everyone knows about it because it's a small, I mean, it's a big ship, but it's a small, small ship, small (laughs) pool of people. So everyone knows your business, but it also makes it fun. You're, you're traveling. You're not having to pay for anything. Like you don't pay for your room or your food. You just pay for what? Like your alcohol if you want it. And even then it's like super cheap. And again, I was only 19. So like I wasn't technically allowed to be drinking, but it's like college. I would say it's more like college. Like you're, you're going crazy. You're like in Mexico and it's legal there, whatever. But it is also though, with all the positives, I always try to highlight and talk about the negatives as well, because it's not, you know, a picture perfect dream. It's really hard. One, mentally, you're away from your friends and family for, like I said, at least six or seven months. A lot of contracts will be up to a year and you don't get to go home. It's not like you're off at college and you get your spring break, your Christmas break. Like the holidays are really tough. You're not with your family or friends unless they like come cruise with you. You don't have access really to the like the outside world in terms of the internet. So if you're very attached to your phone and keeping connected, like you have to pay for your Wi-Fi or you have to go find Wi-Fi when you're off the ship, like at a Starbucks or something. So everything that you get on land, on land is what I guess you would say, as a normal person, you become very grateful for it because those normal things, like being able to pick out your food at the grocery store, you don't get a choice of what you're eating because you have to eat what's provided to you in the cafeteria and it's usually not very good. Or like working out at your favorite yoga class, like you don't get that luxury. So you become very grateful when you get off the ship as well. Uh, It teaches you to almost like become, yeah, more grateful of a human. It teaches you how to um, become more accepting of other cultures and other people. Because when you think of it, I was on a ship who had like a thousand crew members and there was 12 Americans. Everyone else is from a different country. So you learn and you connect with these people and it's just the most eye-opening experience. I can't speak highly you know, enough about it, but I also, it's also very, very tough. So it's like a, I don't know, it's hard. Is that why you felt after doing it for one contract of six months, you were like, I kind of got my full experience out of this and I'm ready to move on to something else? Or was that just chance that it happened that way? So for me, because I had just graduated high school and wanted to become a professional dancer, I needed the money to get to LA and be able to like provide for myself out there on my own. And it's known that a lot of people, because, you know, the money is good on the ships, you're having a blast. Like it's very easy to become almost like sucked up into it. A lot of people will, cu- will just do cruise ships and that's it because it's consistent, it's fun, it's you're saving up money. And I didn't want to get sucked up into it. With that being said, I might have been a little too quick to judge and, you know, not maybe do two contracts. Like I did my one contract and I said, I'm out moving to LA. Do I regret that? Sometimes, like sometimes I wish I would have stuck around and did one more and got another experience out of it. Um, But I was just very set on my ultimate goal. And that was more of a stepping stone for me to get there. So I didn't want to get too wrapped up in all the fun of it. Absolutely. So after that experience, you moved to LA. Tell us what that was like. Did you like LA? Um, Are the stereotypes true about LA? What's your perspective? 
LA was tough. And I don't think I realized how tough it was in the moment. I did. But I think I was so set on like being successful and making it and just being, you know, that person that I wasn't allowing myself to see how much it was kind of destroying my mental health because of how hard it was. I was so resilient and just like such a whatever fighter. But I really do look back and look at myself and and the negatives that it kind of did on me in the sense of how I felt about myself and my body and just the toxicity of not only LA itself, but then you add in the dance industry, which is a very toxic industry regardless. And there were a lot of events that probably shaped me kind of, you know, to who I am today. Unfortunately, in that time, it was a negative way. And now I've, I've been able to like look back, reflect and grow from it. But it was hard. When I first moved out there, I, I knew no one. I knew like one girl from my dance studio and we were living in a two bedroom apartment with four of us. So we would all share a bedroom like dorm style, twin beds. And even then I was, I think I was paying like almost $800 to share a bedroom and like not in, not in like Santa Monica or like somewhere nice. Like I was in like North Hollywood, which is where all the dancers live. And I was working as a hostess and I was working at a front desk of like pers- a bougie, like boutique gym. Okay. So I was working two jobs just to like pay the rent. And even then it was like the boutique gym. I would have to wake up at 4am, drive to Santa Monica, work there because the classes, you know, workout people are crazy and work work out at like 5am. So I have to be there five till noon. And then I would work my hostess job from like five in the afternoon to like midnight. And at that point I was getting like three hours of sleep, not even having time to dance, barely, you know, paying my rent. And my mom was like, you're going to literally make yourself sick. Like you're getting so run down. And I was like, well, I have to like, she's like, are you even dancing? Like, why are you even here? You know what I mean? And a lot of dancers, especially run into that problem of moving to a big city, whether it's LA or New York. And because it's so hard to live there, you start to become obsessed with everything else other than the one reason you actually are even there because it's just too much. It's too hard. And you lose sight of why you're there. But but you have to. Like, it's like, I have to pay my bills. I don't have to go to that class. I would like to go to that class, but I have to pay my bills. So then it becomes this whole like teeter-totter of you know, what you're doing. So that was really hard. On top of the financial hardship of it, it was also the mental hardship of the body thing for me. Like I auditioned for a scholarship program out there that I was so set on. I'm a very confident person, especially in my dance ability. You know what I mean? Like I... I don't think I'm like cocky, but I also had been training since I was two. I was l- really looking into this program, training, preparing for it, whatever. I auditioned and I didn't make it. But that was like the whole reason I went out there. Like I was so sure of myself and in that program to get me connected and to almost like jumpstart my career. And so I didn't make it. And it it was the most, it was probably one of the most devastating things I had ever felt at that age. I think I was just turned 20. So I asked the director, like, why didn't I make it? You know, just trying to understand and see what I could improve on. And his one thing was like, you could tone up, you could tone up, like your body's just not it. And I was like, that's why, like, really? So then from then on, I think I always had that in the back of my brain, you know what I mean? Of this, like wanting to prove him wrong and everyone else that maybe thought that about me and just the dance industry itself. But it just turned into a toxic cycle where I would 
like, you know, eat really, really healthy for a, a day or two or a week, whatever. Go crazy. Do I tried to be vegan, whole 30, like all of these crazy fad diets that you would obviously assume LA is probably popular for. And then I would, in a vicious cycle, like binge eat or do something crazy because I couldn't keep up with that. That's not a healthy, normal lifestyle. Like that's not, that's not healthy. So it just became this toxic cycle of, you know, not being able to just like be happy and just like feel healthy. I felt like I was doing it for other people to prove other people wrong, to prove that I'm worthy. And it was just, it didn't stop until I literally left, I would say like, and moved back home to Florida. And now I've had time to really look back on that experience and be like, damn, you were struggling, Lindsay. Like you should have just like realized it, but it's a lot for, especially someone so young and just thrown into that world. It's really hard. Well, I think you've done a great job of using those experiences to share on your podcast and on social media to make other people feel seen and heard that you've been there. Do you want to maybe go into that about how those experiences shaped your like niche, I guess, in the social media space? Yeah. Yeah. I would say I get a lot of comments where people will say like, how are you so confident? Like, you know, you have my body type. Like, I wish I, you know, felt like this and are you inspiring me now to try new clothes, whatever. And that didn't happen for me, I would say, until, yeah, I started TikTok and I love watching try on hauls and all of those things, but I didn't necessarily see people my size. I was at my heaviest during COVID, like most people, obviously not being able to really go out and exercise that much. I was drinking a ton, eating a ton, like, I don't know, just, but I didn't even really notice that I was probably at my heaviest because I still felt okay about myself. I think I maybe was so in the mindset of like, I don't care anymore. I wasn't dancing anymore. So I don't think I felt like I had to prove anything to anyone for the first time, like ever in my life. I didn't have to like have my weight be a direct cause and effect of if I book a job or if I get called out in class, I could just live for the first time. So I think I just started literally living and posting videos of me trying on clothes. And I didn't realize I was almost like representing almost like a mid-sized community. I won't say mid-sized because I know that's not quite the right term. I'm, I was like a size 10, but everyone was like, how are you so confident? And I think my answer is always just like, I don't care anymore. I've, I've cared my whole life about what I looked like and, and it being so important. It's not that I'm like so confident. I just didn't even realize that I was even considered not normal or my body's, you know what I mean? Like I thought, that I just looked good. I don't know. I don't, I didn't think anything of it. So that's the kind of message I think I'm trying to give to people. And it's not even any more like body positivity. It's almost just like body neutrality. Like I don't care anymore. Like I'm not going to keep trying to change my body, but I'm also not going to tell everyone how much I love my body and push it on everyone and love every inch. And there's parts I don't necessarily love, but I also just don't think about it anymore. It doesn't control my mind the way that it used to. If it, you know, if I feel good and I'm being healthy, active, moving my body in ways that I like, that's good enough for me. And if I don't fit into what what I used to fit into, I'll go buy a new pair of of jeans. Like I'm just not going to force myself or my body to do what it doesn't want to do anymore. And it's had a really good effect. Like everyone keeps asking like, what's your workout routine? What are you doing? How did you lose weight? In the last year, I've gone down a size or two, but I didn't even realize I did it. I didn't try to. And that's the worst answer. I hate having to tell people that. I'm like, I didn't try to, but that's truly what it is. I've stopped getting giving it my brain energy and power and just did what felt good. And your body will naturally 
go back to what it feels good and what it should, you know, look and feel like. You have a natural, healthy weight. It might not be your dream weight. You might not be a size two with that, but it's going to be your healthy, happy weight where you're still able to go out with your friends, enjoy a slice of pizza or two. Like, you shouldn't be having to completely cut out stuff and restrict yourself is the word, I guess. So, yeah. I love everything you're saying there. I want to even bring it back to the body positivity versus body neutrality. Because I a thousand percent agree with you. I feel like we've gone so into this body positivity thing that we are calling out or people are calling out their insecurities in the name of like, let's make these normal. Let's make these positive. But it's like, I feel like you're calling out insecurities that I never would have realized I had. And now Mm. that I am seeing, you're like, it's okay if you have this weird freckle right above your eye or somewhere like super very niche. It's like, I'm not insecure about it anymore. Let's be positive about it. It's like, wait, I never noticed that I have that. Now I notice I have that. Should I be insecure about this? Like, I feel like we're overanalyzing every part of our bodies in the name of being positive about it. When you're right, it should just be like, can't we just exist? Like, can't I just go about my day and post things and just, can you just not comment or can I just not think about that kind of stuff? Right. No, I totally agree. And even I've seen people, you know, commenting, even though it's a positive thing or I'll put air quotes around positive because they're like, you look great. You've lost so much weight. But even that has a negative connotation because are you saying I didn't look as good when I was heavier? Like the whole thing of it being positive at the same time makes it negative. And I know that, I mean, mm-hmm. that can be a little wishy-washy, but it's like, let's just not comment on people's weight because it's not a negative or positive. Be being heavier does not equal bad. Like those things are not like simultaneous. They're not synonymous. Like they don't go hand in hand. And by saying that stuff, although I get you're trying to be kind and I always appreciate those comments, I really almost wish people wouldn't because then in my Mm -hmm. brain, I'm like, wow, whatever I'm doing is, you know what I mean? It, It still affects me as well. If you have any type of, you know, past battles with any type of body dysmorphia or eating disorders, anything like that, it's still triggering, even though it's positive. You know what I mean? So it's it's tough. It's tough because people are just trying to be kind, but at the same time, I just think it should be not a topic. It just shouldn't really even be brought up because it's it's that same thing of when people, you know, you look great. How have you lost weight? You know, it makes them kind of be like, oh, it's in the moment. They're like, oh, sweet. But then later on, they're like, oh, I need to like maintain this image. I need to watch what I eat, blah, 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 blah. Two things on those notes that kind of reminds me of the difference between self-love and self-compassion, where the whole self-love movement is going so hard right now. Like you have to love yourself, all parts of you, everything. And that can just be so unattainable for so many people. But that's more like self-neutrality, that self-compassion of, yeah, maybe not everything about me is the dream of how I want it to be right now, but that's okay. And I can accept myself for where I am while still wanting to like work towards my best self. Yeah, 100%. And then the second thing, I think it's so great that you are just living your life and not putting so much attention on it. Kind of reminds me like Matilda Durf. She's this Swedish girl. I'm sure everyone listening knows her. She's (laughs) fantastic. She has a brand called Durf Ave. But I think why I love her so much is we have a very similar body. It almost looks like in our top of our stomach, like we kind of have abs for a second, but then we have like more of like a pouch in like our lower stomach. And I've it's always something that I was like very self-conscious of on my own body. And then I see her and it's like, no one's commenting on it. Everyone loves her. She's doing her thing. She's wearing her outfits. She's happy. She's in a bikini. And I'm like, wow, this, you know, something about me that I'm like trying to hide or like not confront someone else's 
was just living their life authentically and not even doing anything or, you know what I mean? So 100%. I think even if you're not specifically drawing attention to those things, you're helping so many people because they can resonate with you. Right. I think the most like confident thing you can do is literally to just exist. If you're screaming about how much you love your body, that to me is a little bit insecure. Like that to me reads not genuine because if you really were, you wouldn't have to talk about it. It's the same thing with relationships. The, the girls that are screaming about their relationships on social media, posting about it, blah, blah, blah. You have, it, you probably have a few issues. Like there's probably some stuff going on. You know what I mean? Like you're overcompensating. And same thing with your body. There's nothing more confident than someone that just walks in the room, owns their body, owns who they are. And that is the most confident because when I look at people that draw my attention in a room or when I'm out or on social media, it's, yeah, it's the ones that just, you can tell like from the inside out are so like genuine, their aura, like they're just them. And that's, that's what I strive to be. And that's what I hope to be able to make other people feel, you know what I mean? Based off how I am, that they feel like they can also just be like themselves. No, I no you that. do such a great job. Thanks. I saw one last thing on TikTok too, of course, about this guy saying, you know, on social media, we always see the same type of model or whatever. Like even in guy world, like the guys, they have abs, you know, maybe they have like dark features, they're handsome, they're tall. And with girls, it's like the same look. And so when we as a viewer and consumer, when we see that a lot, we start to think that that's common and normal. When in reality, that just because that's what we're seeing on our phone and on ads, that doesn't mean that's the norm. Like if you get off your phone and you look around, you're like, I literally know like two people that look like that. But then we start to belittle ourselves because we're like, I don't look like that. And it's like, well, guess what? Literally does almost no one. Right. No, that's so true. That's why like I love social media, but also it is so harmful because if you are over consuming and not even like taking a second to look up from your phone when you're actually out in public and understanding your surroundings and looking around or even traveling and, and getting out of your little bubble, whether it's your small town or wherever, just opening your eyes to how many types of people there are in the world and what people look like. And it's just, there's, it's just such a big world and we are seeing such a small part of it, like you said, but it is, I mean, it, it kind of messes you up, especially I, I feel for the younger generation with them being even more, you know, in their phones and what they're seeing and who they're are looking up to. And I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that it's changing at least a bit when it comes to the diversity and like adversity of, of people and creators and models and different sizes being represented and things like that. Obviously, we hope for change and that it is getting better. But even then, it's like we've been dealing with this forever, like Victoria's Secret models, like the Victoria's Secret runway show and what we saw there and how how much that I remember like affecting my life of just being like, wow, why don't I look like that? Like looked up to that, you know, show and those girls and it's, it's tough. Yeah. When those body types are literally not even physically possible and those girls are doing way too much to achieve that look like they can barely achieve it. So it's like, how can a regular person who's not genetically blessed to even get close to even trying to look like that? Like it's just, it's too much. But I love all that. I wanted to pivot toward self-love and wellness because it sounds like a lot of where you're at now, it just took a lot of time working on yourself. So do you want to talk about like any of the things that you do either in your day-to-day life or on the weekends? Like, how do you reset and get back to who you are? 
because yeah, it sounds like you've come a long way with that. And just like, it sounds like you take care of yourself really well. I will say like, I, when I say I like, I take care of myself and I feel like, you know, the healthiest I've ever been, or I just feel like I'm almost the most like well-rounded I've ever been because I don't think being healthy or, you know, being happy is, or looks like maybe for some people, and I've said this before, you know, that it girl aesthetic, that girl aesthetic, whatever, you know, waking up at 6am, drinking a green juice, going to Pilates, blah, blah, blah. I don't do that. Like right even today, I'll be honest, I woke up probably at like 11. I sleep a lot. (laughs) I'm obviously lucky enough that I get to do social media and kind of make my own hours, but I definitely like to sleep, which I've never been able to sleep in like I do now. I I take a lot of time now to really focus and hone in on my friendships and make sure I'm making time to take care of those, you know, whether that's going out for drinks, going to the beach with my friends, like really nurturing those friends. Because when I moved to LA, I was very much alone and moved away from my hometown. And when I came back, I almost had to reconnect and rebuild those. They weren't just there waiting for me necessarily. I had to kind of work towards them, but now I'm the most grateful for those friends that I have. I also at least spend, you know, at least once a week with my mom. She also lives here, which is amazing. And really taking the time to, you know, set that time aside and nurture that relationship as well. Because I mean, our parents are getting older and it, it feeds me in a way I need. I go to yoga when I want. And if I don't want, I don't go, but it makes me feel good when I do go. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's just really taking the time to nurture each section of your like mental health. So that's your relationships, your career, your friendships, you know, the food you're taking in. But with that being said, I also, I'm not always doing great. Like I think I ate a whole thing of like buffalo chicken dip yesterday. Like I, I don't do the best. I don't wake up. I don't eat a green or drink a green juice. Like definitely not that. So, but again, I feel the best I have ever felt and it's working, I guess. But yeah, I don't know. I would say just not being so hard on yourself has been the ultimate way of self-care, I would say. Mm -hmm. I have something to ask you and I hate to put you on the spot because we didn't really go over this, but in your journey over the last few years, you know, you were on the cruise ship, you moved out to LA, now you're back in Florida and I know she just got a new studio. In having to make different places your home that weren't your actual home home base, how did you set up a space to make you feel at at peace, I guess, when you were away from your family and your sense of what you grew up with. That's a huge part of it. Yeah. I'm I'm glad you said that because like when I do also look back and think about my life in LA and maybe why I was so unhappy, I didn't even have my own space. And I think where you live is so, so important. Creating a safe space. Usually it might just be your bedroom if you have roommates, but that's your place that you can go to and just, you know, totally decompress. You can watch TV, listen music, like that's your space. And for three years, I didn't have my own space. And also not to say like only child syndrome, but I'm a person and a creature of habit that like needs my own time because that's what I grew up with. I got to be social, social, social Lindsay at school and then dance and then competitions and sleepovers. Like I loved being social. I'm very social, but when I need to go home and have that quiet time, that is like my thing. And I didn't have that. And I was sharing a bedroom and it was with someone I didn't even really like. So what like I I'm down with like sharing a room or having a roommate, I guess, maybe if it's someone that I get along with. I say that, maybe not. But then when it's someone <laughs> that you don't even really get along with, so then you're going into your room when all you want is to be alone and like have your space and you have someone that you like can't vibe with and just 
oof, that was rough. So moving home to Florida, I got to get my own apartment for the first time, which was just like crazy. That was again, an ode to doing social media. And I work for Bumble and they've just like financially have just like held me through this pandemic. Like with, I don't know, just when I got signed with Bumble or whatever our like partnership is, they have just been the most consistent, best brand I've ever worked with. And we work on a consistent, you know, continuous basis. So it allowed me to get my first apartment on my own. Um, shortly after, though, I, I got into a relationship and moved in with him kind of quickly. That came to an end a couple months ago. So now I got my own studio. Again, I'm back in my own space. And I just do. I just feel better on my own. I don't know like if I'll move in again with someone until I know. You know what I mean? Until I know that's my person. Mm-hmm. I love being alone a little too much. But I just think... I'm my best self on my own. I can create a safe space. I can create, you know, content whenever I please. I just, I feel the most like internally good on my own. And I think it's really important that everyone gets to experience that at least once, you know what I mean? To to see how you are. And you really learn a, a lot about yourself when you're forced to be by yourself and on your own. So I resonate with that completely. I'm with you. And I always feel... I don't know, a weird way when I'm constantly preaching about how much I love to be alone because I think it can come off that you're like, I don't like other people. And it's like, I do. I just really like my time with myself. Yeah. No, I think you need it. I have those friends that are go, go, go and always have to be doing stuff with other people. I've never been like that. Like, I'd rather go shopping alone. That's that's my own thing. I don't want the pressure of other people. I love to go to the beach alone. I love, you know what I mean? I, I want to just lay there in the sand, read a book, listen to music. I think that's a huge part. And I always try to tell people, do stuff on your own. It might be scary, awkward. Take yourself on dates, go out to dinner, take a little day trip to somewhere you've never been. Like have that main character energy. It's so fun. And I think a lot of people get scared of it, of either being alone with their own thoughts, maybe that freaks them out, which I get, or they're scared of being judged by other people, you know, out to dinner, walking around, whatever. But I always tell them, I'm like, who cares? Like life is literally fake. Like when you think about... How many people are walking around you and all all the like stuff they have on their brain and things that they're doing, they're not paying attention to you. That's my favorite thing. No one cares. Like no one is honestly thinking about you. And as sad as that might be, and some people are like, ugh, like, yeah, huh? I'm like, literally no. Like, I, I promise you, it's the most like freeing thought process. It's like no one cares about you the way that you care about you. So you have to do what you want because no one else is gonna do it for you and no one else cares if you do it or not. So you might as well do it. Like Duh. And if they do care, it's none of your goddamn business. That's what I think. If they do care, it's kind of weird. Like, why do you care what (laughs) I'm doing? And also, thank you that I am that, like, important in your brain. Like, thank you. I, (laughs) okay. flattering. And days of the week just are a made up human thing. Like every single day is just a new day to the universe. And so if you're going to like go be alone on a Friday night and take yourself out to dinner, like that day was just created. If you were going to go out on Monday night and go to dinner by yourself, would you feel weird about it? It's the same thing. It's just a different day. And I think people get hung up on like, it's a Saturday night. So I have to be like out at the bars with a ton of people doing these things. But that's just what we created as a society. So it really doesn't matter. Right. It's literally a social construct, but it's not actually real. Like we put so much weight and like validation on it, but it's not real. So I don't know. Sometimes that that's puts me into a spiral where I'll start overthinking everything in the universe <laughs> and I got to take it a step back. 
But, you know, if it's me just going to go get a coffee alone, I'm like, okay, like that's where this like goes into play and is fair enough. Yes, I am with you. If I think too much about life and how everything's just fake and weird, it trips me up a bit. But it's good to have a good balance in between not following the rules, play-by-play book too much. And yes, accepting that life is life. Like no one cares. Just be you and you'll feel free. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about taking risks. And this kind of goes along with getting out of your comfort zone. You have been traveling. You know, you have that travel background at the cruise ships. You just went on a trip to Paris. What are you looking for when you plan trips now? Are you looking for a vacation? Are you looking for those adventures? Like, what's your thought process with, okay, travel makes me feel good. What aspect of a trip makes me feel good? What do I look for when I'm planning trips? Mm, I do get a lot of questions about, about traveling and trips because I don't know. I think my mom instilled it in me like when I was little. She also worked on a ship. So... So we both have that type of like adventurous spirit and she's the type where we would hop in the car at like midnight and we would just drive to the next state or wherever. And I don't know, I've always loved it. And then especially when I did do the ship, like I said earlier, the way that it opened me up like culturally, like where I got to connect with so many different types of people, it was just so eye-opening. And then almost coming back to now where I'm from and seeing the closed-mindedness of some people, I would say, like the way that people haven't been, you know, fortunate enough sometimes to travel or go out of the country and experience other things, it it makes me not to want to be like that. Do you know what I mean? I hold myself, I feel like, now at a standard where I am so curious and open to trying new things. And I want to have experiences rather than like material things. So I, I want to have stories to tell and experiences and people that I can connect with and have scattered all over the world. So when I go and travel, like even with Paris and Milan, when I plan a trip, I try to have a few things that I know I want to do. Obviously, maybe like the touristy things, but I like to leave a lot of it open just for adventure, just to take me places. And for some people, like, I don't know, was it like type A people that are very like need a full schedule and list and things that they're doing? I'm not like that at all. I'm very much go with the flow. And I think I'm getting more go with the flow and confident as I get older. But I just feel like it leads to the best the best stories and the best times. And you meet the coolest people and and then they show you a bit of, of where they're from. That's what I'm more interested in. I want to see how the locals are living. Of course, yeah, like I said, I'll do a touristy thing or two because you have to. But I want to know, like, where are you guys going out? Where are all the locals? What is your day-to-day like? You know, what is the food that you eat? I want to be fully immersed you know, like in that experience and in that life and have people teach me things. Because I think going going to Mexico and staying in your all-inclusive resort and never leaving it, like you could do that here in Florida and lay it by the pool. It's the same thing. Like, why don't you go... Maybe maybe Mexico is the wrong like example. You should be careful, like certain places. I get that. But still, like getting a taste of the culture and meeting people and just being open-minded is like the best part of traveling. And I think a lot of people don't realize that or think of that when they do it. And also everyone thinks that traveling is just so expensive and not like obtainable. And that's like my biggest like stigma. I try to like fight almost. Obviously it is still expensive in a way. And it's a luxury to be able to do whether it's your time off or financially, if you have kids, whatever, I get that. But I'm at the age right now where I can, so I will. But I also am a budget queen. Like I find the cheapest flights. I stay at the cheapest Airbnbs. I'll stay with people I know. Like there's ways to do it if you want to do it, but you have to like look for it a little. You have to try a little bit, you 
You know what I mean? It's not just going to show up at a five-star hotel. Like, you might have to stay in a hostel or two. But, like, again, the best stories come from that stuff. So (laughs) it's just priorities, I guess. I love that you value the experiences and the stories over the material things. I think that just shows a lot of growth in you as a person. If someone is first starting out on that journey, and this is not to say that material things are bad. We all love to have our nice things and our comfy sheets and all of that. But, you know, at the end of your life, I think people always say like, they wish they maybe would have bought less stuff and had more life and experiences. If someone's just kind of getting started and wants to be in more of that mindset, if you can like go back in that journey on your own, do you have any advice for someone of how how to be less maybe materialistic? Yeah, I mean, I would say with material things, for me, they just come and go so quickly with the new trends and fads and all of that stuff. I totally understand, you know, splurging on maybe a nice bag that is very classic and doesn't go out of style, but like that should be your one splurge. Like you shouldn't have to keep buying material things because that's the whole point of it being nice is that it should last you. So you should only be able to get one. But also with that, ask for it for like Christmas or your birthday. Like do it then. Like use your money, your hard-earned money to have the experiences. And it doesn't have to be all the time. You could plan a trip once a year, a couple times a year, maybe one big trip and a few small trips just to get you out of your normal routine. It could just be a state over, you know, drive there. Just little things. It doesn't have to be an extravagant two-week vacation in Europe, but just something that could have a fun story with it. Like have a, a little savings on the side, put away a hundred dollars a week, a month, whatever it is for you based on how much money you make. And before you know it, like you can very easily have a trip. When I flew to Paris this last time, my round trip flight was $500. That's like the price of the new AirPod Pro Maxes that I was thinking about mm-hmm. buying. But then when I think about buying those AirPod Pro Maxes, I'm like, I could fly to Europe. And then I don't, I can't bring myself to do it. I literally can't. That's how my brain works. I have really bad buyer's remorse as well. I'll go shopping, buy stuff. And then I feel so guilty when I look at how much I spent and what that money could have been put towards and I'll return it. Cause I'm like, it's just not that important to me. It's going to sit in my closet. I'm going to lose it. You can't lose a trip to Europe. Like you're not going to lose it. You're not going <laughs> to like, it's just not going to happen. So that's how my brain works. So if you can wire your brain to think like that and have severe buyer's remorse, that's your key. <laughs> I think <laughs> key to putting life experiences over things that you can wear, literally have in your home, etc. Yep. That's it. Okay. Last thing. Cause I think it is important to note, like you are a full-time content creator. And I think there's such a stigma around it. Like if someone wants to be a content creator, like they have to be very materialistic and they always have to be up on buying the latest everything and have their Amazon wishlist page and like have the next thing. And that's something I struggle with too, is I'm like, I like so much of what I want to promote in the world is more like ideas and creativity or traveling and like being thrifty. So it can be harder to monetize those things in the way that social media is set up. Like really the majority of the money that's being pumped into these apps is from like material product based things. And so maybe if you if you can with your contract share how like with Bumble like that's a great brand that you're working with that isn't forcing people to buy material things. It's relationships and community. So maybe if you want to go into that really quick before we wrap up. Yeah, totally. When I like I said when I like first went viral on TikTok it, it was for an experience that was obviously kind of negative. It was embarrassing and and shitty. I made it a funny thing. Like 
like I made it a funny video, but it was me being very raw, candid, whatever you want to call it. But because I did that and almost like took that little leap, that's that's dramatic, but you get what I'm saying. Putting myself out there in a way that's not obviously glamorous. It was very upsetting, but a lot of people were able to relate to it. And by only putting out the good all the time, that's not as relatable as the actual stuff that we go through. And that is what inspired me, honestly, with all of my content, kind of from that point on, was, yeah, I'm not a materialistic person. I don't have a ton of like new clothes all the time to show off or anything like that. But what I can share is kind of like these real moments in my life that most people could probably relate to. I got very lucky that Bumble like stumbled across the video and this partnership like worked out. And I'm very, very like happy with that. And that is kind of my ideal partnership, like you said. But I recently signed with an agent and they have been very almost like consistent or like wanting me to have a niche. And that's been the big thing I've been seeing on TikTok is like, well, you need to find your niche. You need a niche down blah, blah, blah. And they want me to do like fashion. And I'm like, I get it. I love a good, a good haul. Like I love watching those. That's fine. But I'm not shopping on Amazon every week. That's literally not me. I'm not going to force myself to buy stuff just to like create Mm -hmm. content about it because to me, that's weird. And also there's thousands of other people doing it. I could care. I like, we're all going to be wearing the same thing. If we all keep trying to pick this like same Amazon wish list niche and like whatever, It, it actually is kind of like annoys me and gets me a little ramped up because because it's being pushed on me and I'm really like having to avidly push against it because I'm like, I don't want to be like a one trick pony, a one hit wonder fashion girly because I'm not that fashionable. I'm not a New York City, you know, fashion girl. I like to go thrifting at Goodwill. How do you monetize that? Exactly. Like, like you said, like, that's just not me. I'll make some fashion videos some get ready with me so you guys can see what I wear, but I'm not trying to like sell you anything. I don't want to make a like to know it. I don't even understand how to use like to know it. It actually like makes me mad. <laughs> I, I can't figure it out. Yes. <laughs> it's so annoying. It's just not worth it to me. I'd rather, yeah, make funny, relatable videos. And will I get money from them? No. But I think personally, it creates a better community, a more engaged audience. They trust me more. I get to know them more. And my favorite creators are like that. Like Jenna Palak. Mm-hmm. Like she's killing it. She doesn't have a niche, but also it opens you up to so many brand deals and offers. Oh <laughs> my gosh. Sorry. It just opens We love it. <laughs> It's kind of a mood right now. It's totally a vibe. Um, But yeah, I don't want to niche myself down. I don't want to necessarily be a fashion guru because I'm not. And that's what I tell my agents. I'm like, I really don't know what I'm doing. Like, I have some decent looking, like I have some cute clothes, but I really don't know what I'm doing. And I don't feel comfortable telling people like what to wear or what to buy. And also, no, I don't know. That's my spiel on it. (laughs) I don't really even know what I said, but it gets me really ramped up. No, I love everything you're saying. Totally. Can that... Big thunder was the universe saying, yes, Lindsay, you're so right. Like it was clapping (laughs) for you because you're so right. The creators that are going to win and now in the future and in this space are going to be the ones that people care about their heart. They care about their soul. They care about what they're saying. And I feel like that's why you're killing it. Like you are a sunshine, a ray of sunshine on TikTok. Your energy comes through and that's what, you know, creates the long-term creators is the people that are just being themselves. And I feel like, yes, there is this, the fashion thing that's trending and really hip to do right now, but it's such a short-term win. And I feel like the long long-term play is to just be yourself and the people that will be invested in you will stick with you time and time again. Exactly. 
I think it is. It, it's a short win. That's exactly, you're exactly right. It's like those videos probably do perform the best. And I know my agents did say that. It's consistently usually the highest viewed or most liked. So like, it's fine to like sprinkle those in every now and then, but that's not going to be my entire like persona or my entire internet personality. Cause what personality is that? You know what I mean? And it's even then it's like what I, when I do share clothes, I always think of like, I love like Remy, Remy Brader, Bader, you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. I loved her like realistic like hauls because again, it had that same energy of this is hard. I don't like shopping. I hate trying on jeans. Like it's usually not all like sunshine and rainbows unless maybe you're like a size two and everything like fits you perfectly the first time and you can order from Shein and Amazon and everything just always fits right. That's not real. That never happens for me. So I don't really want to mentally be trying on clothes all the time and like... (laughs) putting myself through that and getting upset if something doesn't fit and going back into that whole downward spiral again and putting pressure on myself of having to try on clothes and having them look good. And it's just a little too much for me. Not my vibe. Well, by you not doing it as the creator, you're also putting your viewers into your shoes of you're like, well, if I don't like to do that, then these other people also don't want to do that. And they also don't want to have to go through buyer's remorse and then not have money in their bank account because they impulsively bought all of this stuff. So I think you're doing a great job and you've launched your podcast. I did. She's moment for that. Yeah, she's a she's a cutie one. We're having fun. <laughs> We're having yes, fun. It's just the pod. Me. Yeah. It's curves and chaos. But it basically is just my entire life just in a long like form format or whatever. Like TikTok is just a little bit, but now I really get to just talk about everything going on in my life, maybe a little bit too much because I do, I'll be out sometimes and I'll run into people and they're like, oh my God, like I love your podcast. And these are people like, obviously I went to like high school with, I'm back in my hometown. So I have to be careful sometimes when I'm talking and really giving the tea and talking about my dates and, (laughs) and all of that. And I'm like, oh crap. Like what if the boy listen, you know what I mean? It's, it's juicy, but it's also, I hope, uh, inspirational. You know what I mean? Giving an insight of exactly the chaos of everything we've just talked about on this podcast of what we go through as women, what I go through, and hopefully having people relate to it. Basically what you guys do as well. You know what I mean? It's, it's, I hope it's just like a time that people can take and really escape a little bit and maybe, you know, self-reflect or relate or have a friend. That's all it is. It's just a little friend in your ear every week, just chatting, just the girls. Well, that couldn't be the most perfect segue into our final question, which is to you, what makes a good friend? Ooh, what makes a good friend? I would say someone that is always there for you, but also is going to be there to kind of call you out on your shit. I don't know if I can say that on this, but as I've grown up, as I've gotten older and coming back, like I said earlier, to the friends that I have here, I now feel like not it's my duty. I'm not trying to say like that, but like when they're doing something like maybe not very good, I feel like it's my responsibility to like call them out because I don't think anyone else is. And I think as a friend, if you have that good, real, solid friendship, obviously not in a mean way, but in a in a maturing, we're getting older, I care about you, I want you to be the best person, you're a part of me, like let's be better together. Like, and I, it's sometimes tough. People don't always want to hear that stuff, but I think that makes a good friend if someone's willing and able to effectively communicate to you, hey, you're that wasn't really nice of you. Hey, that hurt my feelings. Like having really good communication and just 
being supportive of that person, like no matter what, but when it's bad, also let them know it's bad. We love a supportive queen, but also don't tell me I'm, I'm killing it or doing a great when I just maybe hurt someone else's feelings to get there. Like I want someone to tell me and call me out on my, on my bullshit. So yeah. <laughs> well, I think that was a perfect answer. Um, again, Lindsay's podcast, Curves and Chaos. You can listen anywhere, right? Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Yep. Yep. And I feel like it's the same energy. Like, I feel like this conversation was great. I feel like we're all vibing. I think both Allison and Lindsay, you're both Libras, right? Is yes, that right? Uh, yes, yes. I totally know. I felt the Libra energy. And yeah, so thank you so much, Lindsay, for coming on. Is there anything else you want to add? I don't think so. I think just remember life is fake. Be a good human. Treat others with kindness, as Harry Styles would say, my king. Uh, that's about it. <laughs> Yay. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This was a really fun conversation. You're so easy to get to know and relate with. And I can't wait to keep in touch with you more. Yay. Thank you, guys. That was the best first experience I could ever have with like being on someone else's podcast. So I really appreciate it. That flowed very well. I love it. Woo. Uh, thank you. Well, enjoy your rainy day. I know. It just yeah. cleared up, of course, as we finished. And now it's like not raining, <laughs> not thundering, anything. Yeah. Interesting. No, of course. How it always happens. Well, that was another episode of Already friends. We'll catch you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.